0: Welcome to Straight Talk Live. I'm one of your hosts, Rick Snyder, and I'm very excited to be with you here today on a very special episode where we're going to explore what is it to have a maverick mindset. We're going to go very deep into that today, plus really share a lot of our learnings that we've had since we kicked off this whole podcast back when COVID just started this year. Um, I also want to introduce our fantastic co-host, Af Maholtra. Af, Welcome.
1: Uh, Rick, different show. It's, it's just you and I today. And so I think uh, I'm really excited about the show today and all of the guests and audience that's uh, dialing in and, and signing up to the different sites. So uh, I feel really good about the show today, actually, because um, one part is going to be us recapping on the, what, 33 or so episodes that we've been through and the learnings that we've picked up in terms of the big shift and the big sort of changes we've seen in society. Um, since the pandemic, in, in, in particular, and then of course there's an opportunity for you and I to make a big announcement today about um, something that is very close to our hearts, and was one of the reasons why we set this up in the first place. And uh, is going to be it's it's just going to be epic in terms of how we managed to to roll out this entire sort of program that I'm sure you will talk about, and uh, and then we're both going to share some some knowledge. And some insights today that hopefully will help our straight talkers, um, you know, just get more informed, perhaps, or feel more confident and more collected around um, what's going on in their lives. Many of you are very accomplished yourselves, and others are a little bit more sort of um, considered and thinking about what next in in their lives. So I'm excited about both those points. So, um, how do you want to start? I mean, this is. This is, we don't have to introduce anyone, of course. So I I think we should talk about, we should definitely talk about what we've picked up uh, over the last six months or so Mm -hmm. and encapsulate that in in a learning and you Mm -hmm. share your view and I'll share mine. Sure. And I think we should definitely sort of connect that back to what we're going to discuss today and the importance Mm -hmm. of the program that we're going to launch. So, uh, And by the way, this is open to questions all through. So you've got comments or questions Mm -hmm. from many of you. Loads of people are dialing in now. I can see the Zoom numbers going up. Then that would be amazing. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, let's start there. So once again, to remind everyone why we started Straight Talk Live is we weren't hearing straight talk out there in the world when COVID hit and we were really not satisfied by the conversations going on and just realizing how ill-prepared we all are for these kinds of chaotic moments in our life um, and that we don't take stock in what's most important to us. Uh, We don't build those kind of communities to really support each other and to keep having open dialogue about the things we need to be talking about. You know, So often we've seen and one of the things we've learned on this show with a lot of our guests And everyone has seems to have this experience no matter what um industry or um discipline that they're inside of there's this polarization going on in the world right Mm -hmm. and so it's very rare to have real conversation real dialogue about issues that actually matter to each of us and -hmm. so that's really the birthplace where af and i were both super excited to say wait a minute if not us then who like -hmm. let's launch this thing and let's Mm -hmm. start creating a space where we can influence the influencers we can bring these conversations to people like you so that you can take this in whatever sector that you're in, your teams, your leadership, um, the people that you touch in your life and help inspire and actually have a different conversation, yeah. a different point of view.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, too, and you're, you're bang on. And I think, to there's so much that we've picked up from these various experts on issues that matter to all of us. Uh, and just for, for, you know, for the sake of reminding everyone, there are four sort of tracks that we've been trying to unpack and uncover to build, to almost build like tribes, private networks of sorts, where you know the next phase of our development is to go forward with straight talkers or the community that we have and our speaker community, who are super advanced and accomplished in their own right, to go and solve some of these um, problems or address some of these issues head on. And this this one year, the first year for us is very much about discussion and debate and changing your mindset. And that mindset piece is a consistent in the kind of, uh, you know, important pillar or foundation block that is required for you to evolve and change who you are. And I want to read something out if that's okay, a little bit out of the norm, but I really feel this sort of sums up to some extent what we've been seeing in the 33 episodes that we've run from talking to theologists, scientists, academics, Navy seals, uh, CEOs of companies, um, you know, historians, you name it. I mean, we've had marketing experts, design experts. We've had uh, so many, so many people with such incredible experiences. So I, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all out. And this is not ours. I'll tell you who it is in a second. But the title of this is related to what's been going on over the last few years in in the world, in business, in society, and in the way we look at the world and the title is, So What the Fuck Happened? And this is how it starts. People are empowered to bypass public authorities, increasingly engaged in private networks, banding together around shared interests, socially constructing their own facts And finally, using a new collective, a new collective voice to make sense for each other. That is the level of seismic change. These are the paradigm shifts that are happening today. The the pandemic has only accelerated or catalyzed that to such an extent, but it's been going on well before it. And so given we're going through so much transformation and change it's happening to each one of us in our personal mm-hmm. lives um, the job that you didn't have uh, now you've got uh, the the job you're n- you're about to leave to create another opportunity for yourself um, opportunities you found that you never ever thought you would it's like going back to Charles Eisenstein sort of the, the visible the invisible becomes visible right mm-hmm. a lot of things that were invisible to you have become visible now and it also is coupled with a lot of pain and trauma many of us have been through this has shaped our behaviors it's shaped our uh, habits I mean, in fact we've created new habits this is one of them this is a form of knowledge and learning for all of us and over a 90-day period they say habits get created over 90 days or more we've been going through this for nine months mm-hmm. gosh i don't know how many new habits have been created and as a result as a result of these new habits disruption and change in society will happen. It'll happen in the companies we work for. It'll happen in the products and services that we buy. It'll happen in the big organizations who sell us things and influence us. It'll happen in media, it'll happen in government, and we're already seeing it. And I think it's it's amazing that we started this when we did because we've been part of that change and, and in fact influencing it to a large extent. So given this change, mm-hmm. I guess the big next big question is, what are we going to do about it? So it'd be good if you could talk about the the Maverick Leaders Program very briefly, and then we'll go into um, delivering some specific tools and insights for the audience. Mm -hmm.
0: One of the things that we're most passionate about as Af is sharing is building community, building community of diverse thinking, um, thought leadership, um, all the different uh, disruptive possibilities and ideas where we can bounce that off each other and learn from, learn from each other and learn from the best. And so we're, we've created what's called the Maverick Leaders Program, which we're going to actually share more toward the end of, the, of this uh, hour today. Um, and It's a free program. It's a community that's based on people like y- um, you and your colleagues and people you're inspired by to really drive these deeper conversations in the four pillars that Ath has mentioned. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, at the end of this hour today. i um, excited to share that with you. It's going to launch next week, the Maverick Leaders Program, December 9th. Um, but before that, we want to give you some value today in just some of our expertise around what are some of the tools that we have learned that are going to help propel you as a leader uh, navigating these chaotic times. And so two of the most powerful um, attributes that Af and I um, are familiar with and have been using quite a lot this year. And it's been coming up in a lot of our conversations with previous guests on the show is around how do you actually learn how to develop your intuitive intelligence to make better decisions? And also, how do you influence? How do you actually enroll people and influence them in the direction that you want to go and the direction that needs to happen in listening intuitively to those conversations um, so that you can lead more, more effectively through these chaotic times? So I'm gonna start with just a little block on intuition. And I'm gonna start with a framework. Uh, Some of you might know this, the Kinavin model. And this is an interesting model that looks at different levels of complexity of problems that we have to solve. Um, And what research shows straight up uh, time and time again is that the more complex a problem becomes, the more we actually need to learn to rely on our intuitive capabilities. So when a problem is very simple, like, oh, Uh, what's the best flight from Chicago to Tokyo on Tuesday to next Friday? We don't need our intuition for that. That's a pretty simple problem to solve. We just figure that out. We just use our rational thinking. When it comes to uh, deeper problems of complexity, like you're in a war zone and you have uh, bullets coming at you and you need to figure out where to move your team in a matter of seconds and you don't have time to do number crunching on your data sheet, right? You don't have time to pull up the spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. That's reality, And that's what we're all facing this year with COVID and market changes and political uh, uh, challenges and everything that we're facing this year has been crazy. And so more than ever, we need to learn how to trust what's the noise and what's the signal to pay attention to and the noise to reduce. How do we figure out that ratio on the fly? So here's the Kinevin model is the first, if you look at the lower right here, when it says obvious or simple, these are simple problems. These are things like, um, I need to turn on my computer. I need to turn in my proposal uh, for the sale. Um, it's, it's just very simple. It's like an Ikea manual where there's just one simple way to do it, right? And so they, for these kind of problems, you don't really need intuition at all. You just need to follow the directive. And so in a lot of uh, businesses, you're, you're just making that one widget. That's what it is. Um, you don't have any variation or disruption. Now, when we get to more complicated uh, problems to solve, this is things like um, an auto manufacturing plant where there's a lot of different pieces in place. And it's not as simple as just making a, one little widget. And so you have to actually learn how to coordinate all these different moving parts. And in fact, if you're the leader, you're not gonna be a subject matter expert in every single subject, but you still have to be able to manage and organize that um, the same similar goal to be achieved. Uh, like building a car Uh, and so in this case um, this is where it's more the traditional hierarchy of a company that you see where it's more of a command on the top and the instructions and directives go down it's very systemized and organized um, and there can be still be feedback loops up top um, but that's really how decisions are still getting made where it gets interesting is when you get to complex problems and these are problems that um, are much harder to scale for Uh, An example might be, you know, how do you scale customer service challenges, right? Because if you think about it, um, every customer sometimes is going to have a completely different challenge, and you're not always going to be able to scale and systemize that. So how do you deal with these one-offs? How do you deal with these um, defects and these problems you've never had to come up with before? Or once again, even if you're in that war zone, um, you can't just wait until you give all the information to the top leader. And then for that to come all the way back down to the people on the front lines, there's not enough time to deal with that. And it's probably too massive of a problem or a challenge. Um, And so this is where um, distributed networks and not just having a command and control hierarchy, but actually empowering teams, it's like a team of teams model. So you actually have teams that are empowered to make intuitive decisions on the fly if you have a company that has a branch in France and one in Germany and one in Japan, you might have to take into account different local uh, cultural nuances as part of your business and part of how you um, make sales happen with customers or whatever it might be. So it's how do you actually empower these different networks instead of waiting for everything to go back to the very top and then decisions to come all the way back down? Because that's too slow when you get into complex problems and so this is the bridge where really intuition is really valuable because you frankly don't have time lastly we start to get into chaos and we all know about that one if you've lived through 2020 we all know about chaos here uh whether it's a market crash whether it's covid um anywhere um social social unrest anywhere where overnight everything is completely changed and you have to board up your windows of your shop or you can't afford to keep your shop on Main Street anymore because of these uh, chaotic crises. Mm. And so with chaos, the difference here is this is where you actually need to have focus groups and in your team that can help you determine, okay, what should be our number one priority? Because we can't take care of everything right now. So what is our number one priority we need to focus on right now? And what are the priorities we have to drop and put in the back seat Because we just don't have the bandwidth. We're in chaos right now. We have to get really clear about what's the one thing we can make a difference on and And this is a little bit
1: that's a little bit sorry to interrupt that's a little bit like a not to-do list
0: yeah yeah it's like what can we eliminate fast yeah let me give you a quick example um i um i'm i'm friends with one of the top ophthalmologists in the world and so was an eye surgeon he does retina detached retina specialist and he speaks at all the conferences and he was saying hey rick i've done all this studying in how to do the proper surgery I need to do, and we get used, use robotics and these microscopes. And, but when I get in there, I put all that to the side, and I'm using my intuition in the moment of what needs to happen next, because time is of the essence. I don't have time to look through and think about and log all of the different studies I've done and research and the latest. I'm in there with the client, you know, in that special, uh, in that retina moment, literally, and I have to literally just trust all that information's inside of me, And now I have to go with my instinct and my gut and I don't have time. So this is where in moments of chaos, in complexity, that um, intuition is such an incredible asset and attribute for all leadership. And so this is something we're all gonna face, Mm -hmm. challenge, something that Lisa Dion said a couple episodes ago, we've always had challenge. We're always going to have challenge. That's not gonna change. So how do we start getting more proactive in building our ability to anticipate change. And these are the two most valuable aspects of intuition. Intuition allows me to read out what's happening in real time in a more accurate way. I can read the room. Mm. And then secondly, I can anticipate what wants to happen next. So just those two assets right there, imagine how much that would change how you lead. Imagine how that would change how you manage people. Mm. Imagine how that would change how you do sales when you can read out your prospect and anticipate their needs, maybe even before them, before they realize their needs, right? So there's so many valuable ways that this shows up. So I wanted to give you a very simple, um, oh, here it is. <laughs> I want to give you this very simple three-part a way to connect with your intuitive intelligence. And I want to make one thing really clear, clear first is that um, sometimes I think why people don't trust their intuition is they mostly confuse it with emotional reactivity. Yeah. I'm saying they're completely different things. In fact, functional MRI studies show that when we have emotionally reactive moments, um, and we call that going with our gut, but it's really maybe our fear, maybe it's our overexcitement about something and we're not actually grounded in the moment. We're just, we're in love and we miss the 14 red flags of that new, new person in our life, right? Uh, or that new business opportunity. And we miss the 20 red flags there, right? So we can be overexcited about something or we can be fearful about something and we, oh, I, I don't trust that. That person's not a fit for our team. Is that true or are you just afraid? Or that's not the right career. I don't think I can do that. I don't think I should present. And so that's where we really have to get more clear and discerning around what's actually intuition and what's emotional reactivity. Um, so here's one way to do that is when you are up against an important decision that you have to make. Uh, It could be about your team's performance. It could be about the trajectory of your company. It could be about a relationship in your life. It could be a hiring decision. It could be anything. The first step is how do I get out of my head? So how do I stop? Stop, drop, and ask. So stop. I need to stop my normal way of thinking. I need to take a breath. And the breathing, as we've learned in, from uh, Mark Devine on our show, to Lisa Dion, uh, to Charles Eisenstein, to a lot of our key guests who talk, even David Meltzer, who talk about the importance and the power of slowing down your breath and changing your mind state. And once again, this is what Steve Jobs used to do. He would get away from the computer and walk around barefoot on the, around the Apple campus in Cupertino slowly. And that would literally put him in an altered state so he'd get new ideas and new inspirations and new innovations because he would literally get away from his computer screen, break up his mind state from that place and be open and receptive to different information that we're getting all the time.
1: Rick, can I ask you a question? So are you yeah. slow because you touched on a very important point, which relates to, the Steve jobs example, if you think about remote working and virtual working today, what, what we hear on the ground, anecdotal information (laughs) here from corporate workers in particular, is that they believe they're working. Many of them believe they're working much harder because they're staring at the laptop Mm -hmm. and there's, you know, zoom fatigue, teams fatigue, Google fatigue, and they almost have to double down on proving that they're working really hard. So previously they were actually getting away from the laptop the Mm -hmm. computer Mm -hmm. and on the you know the corridor conversational i don't know bad habit but smoking the cigarette in the you know downstairs somewhere or so on now they're sort of locked into this zone does that is is that kind of should we red flag that to say well if you're doing that you definitely need to change your setting your environment because the environment has such a massive role Mm -hmm. to play in everything in decision making and the state of mind in your psyche what would you say to those folks because? This has to be practical, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a very real problem right now. Um, I mean, people, companies that we're working with, everyone's talking about Zoom fatigue, uh, being exhausted, working from home, not having clear boundaries around family versus work, feeling like you're overworking past the hours because you're not going to an office and coming back. So, so many of us are dealing with this right now. That's why it's even more important to literally take breaks, exercise, get away from the computer screen. Go for a walk around the block. Get some fresh air. What do you need to do to change up your state? Do some breathing uh, practices. People who know about box breathing, uh, s- several guests in our show have talked about box breathing. You can go back to listen to the Mark Divine episode, for example. Um, and that really helps you change your state within minutes, even within 30 seconds. So that's what keeps you fresh. That's what keeps you innovative is literally taking these breaks. Um, uh, and sometimes it could be getting up, stretching, whatever it takes. And also making sure your environment, you're not going to be interrupted as much as possible. You have plants, you have things that inspire you, maybe a beautiful art or picture in front of you as well. Um, so I think the more you take care of yourself in those ways, that's what's going to help keep you balanced. Yeah, great, great. Um, but ju- I just want to finish this last bit here. So stop, drop, and ask. So stop, how do you stop your normal way of thinking and your normal stream that you're in day-to-day, your normal everyday mindset, and start to stop and then take, stock into what's happening right now? How do I get curious about my experience right now? Drop is, how do I drop in? How do I literally take a breath is the best way to drop in from your head down to your heart and your gut. These are, our, are the other two brains, the heart brain and the gut brain, literally, where there's uh, hundreds of millions of neurotransmitters in both of those areas. So how do we actually come down into those centers and really pay attention to our full intelligence, our bodily wisdom, not just up in our head? So how do we drop in, slow down, and take a few breaths here? And that's what helps me stabilize and gets me away from emotional reactivity. Because once again, I don't want to make decisions when I'm emotionally reactive. If I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed and scarce, I don't want to make decisions from that place, right? So once again, if I stop and I drop and slow down and breathe. And then from here, I can ask my system, my inner guidance system. From here, I can say, hey, do does this career choice feel right to me? And it's amazing when you start to tune into your system, you will get a response. Does this relationship actually feel like it's still alive and mm-hmm. worthwhile to cultivate or not? Yeah. So, And then so I can ask those questions and run a virtual simulation program, a virtual reality, and imagine two different scenarios. One is we move forward with that career. One is we don't. And what do I notice in my Internal guidance system when I choose either of those. A lot of times we'll do a coin toss exercise with um, executives around a decision they have to make. And they'll assign one side heads, one side tails, whether it's hiring this person as heads, firing or not hiring them as tails. And they'll flip it, you know, a best of five, let's say. But what I care about more is not so much which number wins, if it's heads or tails, it's w- what were you rooting for? What was your body actually telling you? Where were you feeling more open? Uh, and toward a certain choice, and where were you actually feeling closed or congested or numb and not feeling anything? Mm
1: -hmm. And So
0: how do you actually learn how to tune into your system? This is the, the, I think, one of the biggest missing links in leadership right now is we're not curious enough and self-aware enough to really stop, drop, and ask. And too often, that's where we over-rely on louder voices in the boardroom or the data on the spreadsheet and we forget to include our own intelligence in the conversation. Mm. That's the problem. Mm. So when we can integrate the data with our own internal data, that's really where we end up making our best decisions. And studies show this time and time again when we can incorporate both. So I'm going to stop here. It looks like we might have a raised hand or a question. If you have any questions, feel free to shoot them on to me. And then we're going to hand it off to Af to talk about how to influence so once you build your intuitive intelligence, how do you actually use that to influence people powerfully? So if you do have any questions or you wanna raise your hand, go ahead and ask.
1: And on social media too, on Facebook and YouTube and, and so on. <clears throat> I mean, one thing, whilst we wait for the questions to come in, I think one very important personal experience I, I'd like to share, mm. especially after I met with you and we, we met you know, a couple, like a year and a half ago actually, and you wrote your book, mm-hmm. uh, Decisive Intuition. One of the things that, um, and I'm probably not the only one that we kind of tend to struggle with when we come out of big corporate jobs, is this over-reliance on the framework, or an over-reliance on the workflow, Mm -hmm. or the over-reliance on this is how it's done in the company, which is legacy culture, legacy ways of doing Mm -hmm. things. And or, of course, if none of that works, you rely only on data, because the data always is right, and that's what you're told. Um, And you never really question where the data really came from or or who massaged the data or what were the origins of the data. You sort of accept them for what it is because it's the only version of the truth. And over time, you build up this sort of, um, you build up your reliance on data and you stop trusting your intuitive capabilities. And for me, over the last year and a half, I've started to listen to my intuition a lot more because I've been hearing about it a lot more. And I've sort of been curious, scratching my head going, well, I I do actually intuitively, I thought that was the right thing to do, but I I ended up doing the opposite and I've faced the perils and the downsides of it. Mm -hmm. And so the more I trust my intuition, surprise, surprise, the stronger it gets, Mm -hmm. the more I trust it, the stronger it gets and the more precise it becomes. And it's funny how you build this really special relationship with your intuitive Mm -hmm. side, which allows you to be calmer, to be more relaxed to not try and outpace yourself, mm-hmm. to not sort of fall over yourself, to not try and do too many things at the same time and not fall into the, 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 the you know, the, the mess of procrastination. Mm. Um, and it, it all comes down to not being able to understand yourself, which I think you talked about in terms of self-awareness. So I, I've had a wonderful, journey myself with intuition. I know a question's come in, so let, let's let's tackle that as well.
0: Yeah, I have one question and then we'll hand it over to you, after about influence. So a great question from Facebook. Someone's asking, a lot of what I feel with intuition is a negative gut feeling to tell me when it's a bad idea. But lately I'm wondering if that's just fear holding me back. <clears throat> How can I figure out when it's truly intuition? It's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Here's my little cheat sheet. And if you go to my book in Decisive Intuition, Chapter 5, we really dive deep into this topic. Around the inner, the voice of the inner critic versus the voice of my intuition because they're two very different voices and I don't want to live my life from the voice of my inner critic and the inner critic is that that um constant chattering that's going on inside all of us that's always comparing ourselves to other people telling us why we can't do something why we'll never be, be successful all the self-doubting um the false sense of even I might be I'm too much or I'm You know, it's not, it's not big enough for me. It could be all those different ways that ego can show up, but here, here's really the quick, uh, the quick distinction here is usually emotionally charged moments like fear have two things going on. You're going to hear, you're going to have an emotional charge. It's very strong. And then number two, you're going to hear a lot of narrative and story about the situation. So if I'm hiring someone and I might hear like, oh, they remind me of my brother. I didn't like my brother. I don't like how this person's sitting, da, 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 da. Like there's all this story that starts to show up and there's a lot of emotional charge to it. It's probably coming from a bias, a prejudice, or a fear at that point. Intuition, when you have your intuitive moments, they're Mm -hmm. usually non-dramatic. It's usually like, oh, this this career path isn't right for me anymore. Oh, okay. Now I might have emotions about that later. And feelings about that later. But in the moment of intuition, it's actually a really clear signal and there's not emotional charge and drama and there's not a lot of story. It's just like, oh, this relationship is coming to an end. Wow. And maybe I'll still need to work that out for another year to really get to that point. Um, but in those intuitive moments, that doesn't have the narrative in the drama. Um, it's really clear. It's coming from a different channel than our emotional reptilian brain back here. And literally, the last thing I'll say is, once again, in functional MRIs, when we have intuitive moments, our, our decision-making center here, the orbital frontal cortex, gets lit up along with our amygdala, our feeling center. When we have emotionally, emotionally reactive moments, it's only our amygdala back here that's, that's activated. So literally, our higher functioning center is activated in intuitive moments. Um, and so that's really, this whole myth of left brain versus right brain is not really true. It's really a bilateral process it's a really an integrative process yes. so if we're not integrating our body and our breath with our mind we're not making our best decisions on that note let's talk about how can you use that to build more influence in the conversations you want to have af let's have you take it over
1: thank you thank you rick so that was very compelling thank you and i i want to lead into a technique and a tool that um I've been using myself for many, many years, and in fact, developed um, on the back of a, a bunch of mistakes and failures, where I struggled to communicate um, what I was really feeling and thinking. Uh, so It started off with business, but it's as relevant in other walks of life too. And so uh, this quote always gets my attention, which uh, is not mine, but it's interesting because it talks to what Rick's um, been, been alluding to, which is, People make rational decisions for emotional reasons. And you think that you're using data and you think, oh, no, I know exactly binary, it's either this or it's that. But deep down, it's something that's affecting your psychological state or it's affecting your psyche. It could be the environment, as simple as the environment, as the physical environment. It could be much deeper, it could be association bias. It could be um, you know, uh, negative or positive events linked to a certain set of words, let alone a situation. And so the point to remember here is anytime you speak with anyone or you, you communicate a message, you have to remember that it is a person or a persons who are listening. You've got to try and put yourself in their shoes as much as possible. So whatever you end up saying, because you're desperate to want to say what you need to say, you, you're doing a product pitch. you want people to know, oh no, my, my solution is the best thing since sliced bread, you want to get all the messages across in, in verbal communication in, you know, in written communication or whatever it may be. But you always have to think about the fact that people will make decisions based on emotions that get lit up or Mm -hmm. the only way you're going to catch Rick's attention or ask attention is if you end up talking about something that will Get them excited, or the dopamine's going to kick in, or even cortisol for some ex- uh, to, to some extent. And so, with that in mind, if you move forward, I wanted to share a technique uh, called called REAP. And the whole purpose of this is, if if possible, it will help you um, the next time you have a conversation, even if it's with your other half or your better half or with uh, your boss, because you want to pay rise or with it in a staff meeting, in a team meeting, we're trying to convince an, a colleague on an idea, but it's just not working. They're just not listening to you. Or in fact, it might be when you're delivering a pitch to a C-level executive, it could work in, in any instance, not just verbally, but also in, in script. And years and years ago, when I was in the corporate, I've taught this to um, thousands of, of sales executives, uh, it's part of a wider program that I used to teach years ago that I've just resurrected because of this the last seven, eight months of what we've been through. Um, and the other parts I'm sure we'll share as part of this whole Maverick Leaders program down the line. So let, let's go into it. So REAP, R E A P, as in reaping results or reaping rewards, um, stands for relevance, excitement, anxiety, and possibilities. And now let's start with what relevance really means. Now, relevance is very much about you being in a situation where let's imagine you are trying to sell your product to a large company and you're talking to a decision maker and you're just, nothing's working. You're dropping emails, LinkedIn messages. It's just not working. And often it's because you're talking about yourself or your product or your thing. I come from this company, my product is going to change your life. My company is the best company, my products, the best product. It's often even to this date, I get hundreds of emails coming through. And I always look at them because I'm fascinated by this stuff. Anyway, um, we forget the relevancy of the person we're talking to. And what this really means is when you're talking to someone you're pitching something, you've got to get infatuated by semi stalking, even Mm. obsessed by what that person cares about their context, their situation, their problems, their issues, um, their pains, their gains, their likes, their dislikes. I mean, likes and dislikes, not just in terms of habits, like I love golf, or I hate Marmite. Um, It's also about the likes and the clicks on social media today. And the reason I'm making this point is because uh, we're in a situation where this square, according to Brian Collins, is now our sales tool, our communication tool, our uh, motivational tool, our uh, um ability to 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 build relationships will come from this box rectangle or square box on these platforms so you've got to, you've got to start to own this space You've got to start to own it. It's your space. It's no longer the you know the the meeting in the boardroom or the conversation over a glass of wine. That's gone for the foreseeable future. So you have to learn to build a virtual relationship with that charisma that you had you know face to face. Some people like I'm so good face to face, but of course you don't have that opportunity. So you have to find a way to sort of uh, discover it because I do believe everyone has this potential in a virtual environment. And what I'm saying here is. Every time you drop a message, you say anything first, think about how that person's going to receive your message. You really need to take it seriously. Do the breathing, um, do the stop drop, do whatever it takes, pause and think about what the listener really cares about. And in this case, there's so many different listeners on this call. There's some who know this really well and they're like, well, this is not rocket science. I know this. I do this all the time. Naturally. There are others who say, I always struggle to convince people. I know what I'm talking about. It just doesn't get across. I don't know why he doesn't listen Mm -hmm. to me or she doesn't listen to me. And it's often because you're not talking in their language. You've heard Mm -hmm. that before. Mm -hmm. So I won't labor the point, but reap, is relevance is the key is the secret source mm-hmm. to any of this the second one is excitement so anytime you get a message across in my language you've got to say something that will um, uh, turn me on you'll have to say something that will get me excited you have to say something that make me feel like wow uh, an eyebrow raising moment it could be an irres- irresistible offer it could be a cool part of your technology that only you do it could be Um, more importantly, because you do what you do, I'm able to be more successful in my job, in my endeavor. I have to see the connection between my relevance, my issues, my, my world, my personal value and the offer that you're putting on the table. So you have to find a way to give me that meaningful impact, that why I experience. If you don't have this, Apple's a good example. Apple wows people. Apple uses Reap in all of its adverts. Actually, yeah. I've dissected them for years, and we won't let, we won't talk about it today. But Apple, their excitement is the product. Their excitement is the product. It's magnificent, and they've they own that space because they have made sure they dominate that attention, that mindset, and that mm-hmm. perception of their product. Excitement's critical, so you've got to keep people excited. But the next piece. Um, it goes hand in glove with excitement, which we can we can we can talk about in much more detail. I'll touch on it today. Which is this concept of if you don't take what I'm saying seriously, if you don't listen to me, if you don't buy this product, then what will you do? What else will you do? What options do you have? And this is very much about asking questions, saying so. Help me understand if if this assuming this is not right for you, how will you solve this problem? Or what have you thought about as an alternative to solve the problem? Because you've accepted that the problem's there. there. Um, the concept of FOMO, fear of missing out comes in, as sometimes that's very crude, it's just buy it now, or it's going to run out scarcity, right? You see that in all the offers these days with the retailers, especially Amazon, they're desperate to, to get behaviors uh, on, on side. And the what if scarcity VUCA Situation, which is you know the vulnerability, uncertainty, complexity, and um, what's the other one? A- ambiguity. Ambiguity. Mm-hmm. ambiguity. So anxiety is very important in closing that message off, helping someone realize you said something relevant. Wow, it's like super exciting. Oh, if I don't take action right now, I could miss out on this opportunity, or or he'll go somewhere else, or someone else will have this. My competitor will have the product or service. And finally, you you end up with a situation of of uh, the next slide, please. Uh, possibilities you have to take people on a journey you have no choice to take but to take them on a journey and if you're able to deploy what i'm sharing with you today and it works in some way then do let me know and let us know but the p the possibilities is so important because this is you saying look because you did this af and rick uh, just imagine just imagine what could happen a year down the line imagine if we could achieve this together Mm -hmm. um Think of yourself the 3.0 version of yourself. Surely you want to be in that situation. Surely I want to be in that situation. And it's not about, this is not a tactical manipulation exercise. So please don't think it's that. It is actually a a lesson in, in communication, in life and business. And this virtual world that you're going to be living in, you have to find smart ways to get a message across. Otherwise you're going to miss out on the greatness of your knowledge. You're going to miss out because someone's going to say something before you and you'll feel absolutely gutted and destroyed that you didn't speak up. Um, So take people on a journey and create that inspiring vision. So that is REAP for you, R-E-A-P. My final point is, you don't have to follow the order of R-E-A-P. It could be pair. It could be whatever formation based <laughs> on the context. You know, you may have be been talking to your partner and you're like, this reap stuff's not going to work. I'm going to go straight into excitement or I'm going to go straight into anxiety or I'm going to go straight into possibilities. So um, I'll stop one, there. One questions. question for you, Av. Um,
0: yeah, sure. From a sales context, for example, when do you know when to <clears throat> more press on the excitement side of things or the anxiety side of things? How do you assess that in the moment? When you're dealing with a, a potential customer,
1: I think um, it's a great question. I think uh, intuition has a, has a big role to play. I think if you can practice your intuitive capabilities, you start to sense and respond based on the personality of the person. A mm-hmm. good example is, if you, let's say you come across someone really aggressive, um, maybe someone with quite a high sort of ego status, and who says, "Well, I know everything. What are you going to teach me, child? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm I've got wisdom uh, in in hordes. Mm-hmm that's where you have to shapeshift and then the REAP may not work as well. So I think that's where, um, you have to, relevance is super important because you know, you need to know who you're dealing with. Maybe jump into, you know, possibilities, uh, st- start to think about, um, taking that person on a journey where anxiety may not be the right play, right? Because you've got someone who's like, I've been, you know, it's like having Mark Devine, right. Who's a Navy SEAL. I mean, I think he's endured a lot of anxiety. You wouldn't do a REAP pitch. Uh, I'm, I'm Mark in the same formation, because you might do a possibilities pitch because Mark's building a whole business and he's an author. He's He wants to change the mindset of mm-hmm. millions of people. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about relevance, what he cares about, you're like, so help me understand how you yeah. he would help me achieve my goal. Ah, the possibilities. So the anxiety may not bother him because he's like, listen, seriously, uh, I'm so clear with my planning. And I think how do you, you learn that there's no magic, um, you know, there's no silver bullet. You learn that through making mistakes hmm. and trying it and realizing, oops, it doesn't work with Rick, mm-hmm. but it worked with Aff. Yep. Uh, yep. And that's the passage of time, that's life. That's the journey of life that you have to go on.
0: And I like what you said there is, if you're practicing the relevance part of REAP right away, you're gonna tune into which route is gonna help you, uh, if it's a more of a urgency route or more around excitement, um, yeah, exactly. that makes sense.
1: There's, there's another technique, uh, it's an old, old technique. Uh, we call it feel, felt, found, feel. Mm-hmm felt found i know how you feel when i went through the situation i've i've I kind of felt the same thing mm-hmm. and what i found is this is the way forward mm-hmm. it's old school classic way of communicating mm-hmm. but back to the anxiety question and various other questions that are coming up the way to talk about anxiety in a really subtle way is talk about your own experience
0: mm.
1: you know because no one can take that away from you
0: right and so that was the last question around from facebook um, how do you subtly communicate that anxiety or urgency without making it seem like you're trying to manipulate someone through fear?
1: Yeah, right. So I mean exactly what I've just said, you know talk about how that that um, if you don't do this, that could happen uh, is translatable into a personal experience. You know when I was in a situation like this, what I found was this. Now that's me and my situation personal to me, and you can absolutely caveat that. And as a disclaimer, to say it's probably not relevant to you, it may not be relevant to you, but that's what I felt. In fact, Mm -hmm. uh, a close friend of mine who is in a similar role to you, um, in fact, the first stage was very much pushing back on me, saying, Well, this is not for me. But over time, Mm -hmm. we found a a bridge, we found a meeting point where he started to appreciate what I'm saying, and I've appreciated what he's saying. So it's through, you know, it goes back to another session at some point storytelling. And people understand things based on stories as much as they understand it based on these kind of very, very cool techniques. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have sh- we, we don't have a lot of time to go in through all of that, um, mm-hmm. go through all of that, but at some point we will as part of the mm-hmm. the next announcement, no doubt.
0: Okay, excellent. Without further ado, do you have any last things you want to say about Reap before we move on to no, our- No, this is it. I mean, you okay. know,
1: just, um, just use it, try it, give us some feedback. It's really simple. It doesn't, you don't need to, it's not rocket science really, but it's a cool technique that I developed because I was struggling at one point to understand how to decipher- what I say to someone, I didn't really know where to start. Like, should I talk about my product first or, and it always starts with the person. Uh, mm-hmm. It sounds obvious, of course it does, but we, do we really practice it the way we think
0: about it? And once again, where these go together is the more you can really harvest your intuitive capabilities, you're gonna feel for and, th- and, and be able to sense how to actually influence people, build those relationships, build those connections, have more powerful conversations, really tune in. I like the platinum rule versus the gold rule. You know, the gold rule is do unto others as you would want done unto yourself, where the platinum rule is do unto others as they want done for themselves. Correct. So you're actually tuning into what they need and want. And that's really one of the best ways to build influence, um, to, to build that stakeholder cross team functionality, all those kinds of things. Um, so these key, these are key ingredients that are not going away. And because we're more remote and working from home more than ever before, our ability to intuit what's happening with our teams to build influence from a distance is going to be more important than ever.
1: Yeah. I just want to add one more point, actually, to trigger the point, which is about, I'm sure some people are thinking this, how do we start Uh, And I want to make this clear, this is not just about being a journalist and asking loads of good questions around relevance Mm -hmm. to say, Oh, what are your problems? Or what bothers Mm -hmm. you? What keeps you awake? What are your priorities? That's all great. And you should do that. But over time on this virtual platform, it's not going to work, you know, because you don't have the environment on your side. It's kind of static environment. You know, we're thinking of spicing it up with green screens and things like that to make it more uh, palatable. So you have to do your research. Mm-hmm. You have to study the person you're going to engage with. There's plenty of information on the web, um, news channels, websites, platforms, subscribe to things. Learn the person. Learn the per- Think of yourself as a CIA intelligence mm-hmm. operative, if that helps. And understand the person, do your investigation, and then ask some very pertinent questions. But, but generic questions don't work anymore. What, mm-hmm. what what issues do you face? Well, sh- so surely you should know those. Yep. So come prepared in other words.
0: And to help you prepare, we wanna to talk to you about um, our new program that we're launching next week that we're absolutely thrilled about. Uh, and it's really based on the backbone of all these amazing minds, guests, hearts, souls that have appeared on Straight Talk Live and have really contributed their wisdom and their perspective, their worldviews and their expertise uh, in really the different ways that in whatever cutting edge uh, arenas that they happen to be leading in. Um, all the way from, as, as Af has mentioned, you know, historians, CEOs, um, education leaders, um, everyone in the digital transformation space, chief innovation officers, um, uh, Navy SEAL commanders, um, um, neurobiologists, neuroscientists, We've had so many great experts in here. Um, the woman who literally started uh, the women's footwear and apparel division at Nike, Darcy Winslow, uh, who's a, an incredible systems thinker with her systems academy. Um, so many inspirational people that we have drawn from this whole last year that we have actually um, brought together and collated the very best of the best into creating a leadership program for you to help you stay on top of, and to challenge you toward your own maverick uh, thinking, your own disruptive capabilities? How do you continue to stay fresh and innovative yourself? How do you learn from the best of what's happening out there in the sectors that you care about? So it's really more than anything. It's about education, but it's really about community. It's really about relationship. Um, And so anything you want to say about that from, from the top?
1: Yeah, no, I think you summed it up beautifully. And I think for everyone listening out there, Maverick Leaders Program is very close to our hearts. It's something we care about personally. It's, um, it's impacted the learning over the last year or so has impacted our lives in the jobs we do, in the work we do, in the fulfillment we have in the risks that we don't see as risks anymore, but only opportunities. And this might sound all very rosy and, you know, blue sky thinking it's not. And I always say it's about the company you keep. Um, you are the company you keep, you are the company you keep. My father used to say it to me when I was very young and I thought, yeah, whatever. And it's more important to me now as a, as an adult, as a grown up, even more so than when I was a kid, where you are the company you keep and this transformational world we live in, where this new world order is coming our way, this new reality that we're dealing with this new sort of paradigm, whatever you want to call it. You know, I don't want to use trite words. The world has changed. Let's accept that. And you know, there's new vaccines coming and who knows what's going to happen. Hopefully we'll we'll live and everyone will be saved. But more pandemics will come, more viruses will come, Mm -hmm. digital and physical, digital and physical. Uh, The next big cyber attack is gonna come at some point. We all need to be prepared. And I think the only way we can help everyone else is take everything that we're getting from these great people, package it up and give it to you. And and most importantly, uh, complimentary. This is not some salesy thing. We're not trying to sell you anything. This is a not-for-profit. We're giving it away. Mm-hmm. What what Rick and I will be proud of, our vision of the next two three years, is if we can look back at this and feel like we made a difference to young people, to graduates, undergraduates, entrepreneurs, established leaders as well, who who just want to break free. You know, mm-hmm. break free from the the suffocation of a company that they're working for, or realizing they're in the wrong company. Not even literally, mm-hmm. but hanging around with the wrong people. Mm-hmm. This will inspire them hopefully, to look at the world in a very different way. You've got to make it a a wide lens, yeah. um, 4K vision, not black and white. And I think Maverick Leaders Program will do that and more details will come in it. So um, all I'd say is please join up, please share it with your communities. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it with as many people as possible on social media, forward it out. We want people to sign up and we'll tell you about the details uh, momentarily. And we have a fantastic team behind us. You know, Denise has been instrumental. She's a team member. She's put this together with the the wide Team Sapna, um, with Cam, who's our designer, with all these other speakers who've, um, who've helped us. Um, we had a social media um, individual who's helping us. Uh, Daniel who's just sort of moved on to other projects. So many people have helped us. You know, I want to thank my partner, um, you know, Minal. She's been instrumental in supporting me with this. Rick is like, you know, like a soulmate. You know, we've only known each other for a year and a half. We're we're brothers because we have something that we really care about in common. We're doing our own stuff as well because we've got to pay the bills and do whatever we want. But this is serious stuff, and we think we're onto something. And I'm fed up of people selling things out there. Everyone's yeah. trying to flog something for a subscription. I'm done with that stuff on stage. You know, buy my product for it's fifty thousand. I'll do it for five hundred bucks. Time we get over that stuff. Um, find other ways to make money. Uh, and so. Yeah. And so I just wanted to
0: vent, rant. And and one of the one of the key themes here that I want to pick up on is leadership. This is really something that Af, you and I are so passionate about. Is how do we be the best version of ourselves? How do we have those people in our lives that remind us of that as well? And we do that for them. And that's really the core of what this is really about. Is what's that mindset we need to have to live our best lives? Because every behavior that we have is going to be a function of our mindset, and every actions that we take. And the results we get is going to be a function of our mindset that's way upstream that we often don't see it because it's so invisible to us, right? Right. So, the, But we can see the play out in how we react to something, how we respond, how we take a breath or how we don't, um, how we perceive a situation and have a bias before we actually are open and curious. And so this is really where Mavic Leadership Program starts is we're going to actually get into the details about how to set your own mindset into a growth mindset, into a productive mindset. Um, that's going to help you be able to be adaptive as a leader, because this is a pe- this is a requirement for today's leadership. Period. Full stop. You have to be adaptive. Yeah. If you're not mentally flexible, if you're not able to change and pivot in a okay. moment, your company is screwed. You're screwed. You're a dinosaur. And so this is so important. Where. How do we learn, because it takes practice like anything, how do we learn how to be more adaptive? How do we learn to be more flexible? How do we get more self-aware so that we can make different choices? These are the kind of things that we're going to get into so that you can cultivate your intuition, your decision-making, have more empathy, be able to tune into other people around you that are important contributors, uh, and have more of that innovative thinking. Yeah, This is can one of the key components,
1: yeah. I say one more thing, because I got a couple of messages from people before this around volunteering. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're doing this as a not-for-profit, mm-hmm. if you believe you can learn more by being part of the crew. Uh, I mean, I'll give you an example of our, our designer, if, if if he doesn't mind. He was doing, we're building transcripts and we're building, you're repurposing the content. So it's question-based. Like you ask a question, you know, one of our questions is what, where do you think leadership's going to go in the future? We had so many different answers from different walks of life. And, um, you know, the designer said to me, Hey, Af and Rick, I've actually, although I've been working with you for a while because I'm editing the script, it's changed my life. It's it, I've immersed myself in the content again and again and again, I probably know what Lisa Dion's saying, or I know what, you know, um, David Meltzer or, uh, Martin Ectors from, from the insurance companies talking about, because I'm editing this stuff. So it sounds really odd here, but if you do want to be part of our mission and our movement as as opposed to just turning up to the sessions, which is fine. And you want to volunteer and be part of, I don't know, the social media side or, um, you know, uh, scripting some of this stuff Mm -hmm. or the the curation of speakers. We'd love your support because Mm -hmm. we need all the help we can get to make this a success. Back to you, Rick.
0: Yeah. So here's a couple of our key themes. Uh, And once again, we've talked about a few different pillars that we have. One is, of course, having this resilient mindset. And that's one of the main foundations that we're going to walk you through in the Maverick Leaders program. Um, How do you also stay abreast of the latest technology and trends? We literally uh, have amazing insights from experts who are AI architects, uh, leaders in robotics, uh, chief innovation officers, um, data scientists. Uh, We have amazing guests that we're going to continue to have on this show because we care about digital transformation and human transformation for social impact. Because that's the world we live in and it's only going to continue to become more of a hybrid. And If we're not addressing both sides of that divide, once again, we're putting ourselves behind the times. And so these are a couple of our big pillars, along with uh, uh, defaulting to diversity and inclusion and having a whole diverse set of perspectives, of backgrounds, of life experience. And if we don't have that, we become weaker in in how we can make decisions and lead. And so how do we really harvest? What does that really mean to include um, all the various viewpoints and perspectives and people out there? um, from gender, sex, race, ethnicity, um, life experience, age, all of it, the more that we can have a diverse set, the more we're going to have a chance to really do something special. And so there's a whole program just on how do you actually not just do it for politically for your company to look good as a PR stunt, but how do you actually include and, and integrate, um, diversity and inclusion in your, in your organization so you can actually make it stronger and more robust. And have have people of different diverse backgrounds in positions of power, decision making, not just lip service. So we're um, yeah.
1: Sorry, sorry, I do no not want to interrupt. I just want to say one. And to your point, I don't know if you guys have been following the news, but two big things: one in the UK, one in the US. The Nasdaq has just essentially taken a very serious position to say, um, and directive to all Nasdaq listed companies, uh, there are certain criteria you have to fulfil for diversity mm-hmm. now, and if you don't, you could be delisted. You could be delisted. Um, so this is no longer a marketing stunt. It is it is happening. And in the UK, I don't know if you've heard, there was this um there was a, a there was an advert that went out where there was a black family or African Caribbean family uh celebrating Christmas and there was a lot of hate um response to that. And the retailers were asked to pull it off by all of these, you know, right-wing groups or whatever it may be. And um they all stood together all the re- it's amazing all the CEOs of the retail companies for the first time ever have said uh-uh it ain't happening and they've got together and they've collectively um mm-hmm. put out the ave running the campaign of course and they've basically said we do not stand for this this is not who we are and so now you're seeing the biggest brands in the world in different parts of the world especially the western world come together to say no to prejudice no to um uh, racism no mm. to those who believe this is just a marketing stunt so right. i think we're heading towards a better world rick uh, i feel mm-hmm. good about us as having this in the agenda and to me this is
0: exactly what a maverick leader is and so who's this program for <clears throat> we have a whole diverse range of people that we know are interested in this hearing from you out there everyone from aspiring leaders to new leaders to established leaders that are listening to our show Um, We have undergrads and postgrads that are definitely clicking in and tuning in. And lastly, entrepreneurs and startup leaders. Um, And so it's exciting that such a wide variety of people are realizing this whole thing around a maverick leadership mindset applies to everyone, applies to people who care about the future. If you're a future leader, if you're a futurist, if you want to move the needle in your area, whether it's education or robotics or whatever you're doing, this is what it's going to take. And so briefly, we only have a couple minutes left, but I just wanted to share the program structure. Right now, we have four key modules, um, and there'll be 12 total lessons distributed. Uh, This is via email. Um, And it's about a 15 to 20-minute video uh, for each of those with some journaling prompts, some exercises, practices that you can take out into your world. And we're trying to keep this bite-sized, and we know everyone's time is limited these days, so we're going with the flow of really making this condensed and power-packed. Um, And of course, we're going to have a WhatsApp group we've already established that you can be part of our conversation with us and our whole team. And all of our special guests are also invited to those programs as well, to those groups. Um, And also having lessons and conversations. And this is really what it's about. It's the community. Mm -hmm. It's about building a community. And that happens through learning from each other, sharing with each other, uh, sharing the latest trends and dialogue. That's what this is really going to be, is a very information-rich Uh, Sharing rich type of community. Hmm. So, Av, how can that? How can this be free? Is this a gimmick? What's going on?
1: Uh, Absolutely not. (laughs) I mean, I think um, you know, um, we are we're at such a critical point in um, in our existence as human beings, where we're aware of so much that will change in the next decade. So much uh, from traveling out to Mars to having your best friend be a bot to um, DIY spirituality where apps like Calm and various others that will come along Headspace and various become the, our way of, of being mentally well to uh, the private communities like uh, Straight Talk Live and, and of course the Maverick Leaders Program being our salvation mm. in this very chaotic and complex world. And it is, it's not made up, you know, mm. It is the reality. You have to study it. You need to know what's going on. And we've, we put our own money into this. We have sponsors as well, of course. Um, And we, we've kept it super lean with all the learnings we have on how we run startups and how to source virtually and how to have amazing people help you on a mission and a cause that you care about. We, we are making this free for that reason. So does it cost money? Of course it does. It costs us money. It does. It cannot, it cannot be, this is not a subscription. It's, Mm. it's, we, our, our win is... Someone on this program as a straight talker or as a Maverick leader, one day in some role, some way says, what was that moment when I sort of made that switch Mm -hmm. or what compelled me to get to this point? And if you can even five out of 10 times say it was because those two guys, Mm -hmm. Rick and Half, did this thing during COVID in 2020, which caused me to think about me and I changed my trajectory. That's enough. Mm -hmm. And that's how you create goodwill. In, in society. And that's, uh, that is our selfish or altruistic reason. Mm-hmm. If that, if that's what it
0: is. Exactly. In our last minute here. Um, so the doors are going to open next week on uh, the 9th of December. And if you want to join the wait list, this here's where you go, just go to straight slash MLP. So straighttalk.live forward slash MLP. You can sign up and you will start to get uh, on our email list as well as access to our landing page right there, which will give you all the information that you need. And you can always ping us at info at straighttalk.live if you want to ask any questions about the program to get more details. But I want to thank you again, Denise, Cam, Sapna, Daniel, and especially you, Af our whole team for pulling this off and creating an amazing program that's going to be a benefit for all future leaders and current leaders. So I want to thank you all. And then last next week, this is our last uh, announcement. Next week, we have a very amazing uh, futurist himself, Jonathan Raymond, CEO of Refound. Someone that I've known for 20 years has been a good friend of mine, someone I work closely with. And we're going to talk specifically about people development as the core purpose of business and what that really means and how you actually do it. So it's gonna be very exciting next week, same time. Thank you all for tuning in. Maverick Leaders Program, sign up now, straighttalk.live forward slash MLP. Thank you.